everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. So this podcast is about uh, musical theaters and plays. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about Spongebob, which is an interesting one. Okay, elaborate. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I never really watched Spongebob. Have you? No, actually. So I guess we'll drop to that part right in. Um, What's your background like with Spongebob? Just like nothing at all? I mean, it was popular in Taiwan for a time, too. So I Mm -hmm. saw it on TV from time to time. And I know the theme song, which is like the (laughs) pineapple song. And we have like a Chinese, like a Mandarin version of that. So I know how the song goes, but that's honestly pretty much it. Like I recognize some of the characters, but I don't really know what they do. And I don't really watch any episodes Mm -hmm. yeah I don't watch it at all not Um, really okay so that brings me to the next question so definitely not in terms of the source material um for familiarity for you how about the memes are you a meme connoisseur and you've seen all the spongebob memes or no so the thing is I feel like I'm not that old but (laughs) I don't know I don't know that many memes for a person my age I think so I'm like a constant embarrassment, especially when I have my, <laughs> a conversation with my brother who is three years younger than me. And he always go like, how the heck do you not know about this meme? And he knows all the memes and I have no <laughs> idea how he does that. But yeah, I mean, I saw it from time to time, like sometimes. Do you have like a SpongeBob meme that like comes to mind and is your favorite? Not at the moment. Do you? If you ask that um... question. I mean, I do have it. There are a few, so it's a bit difficult to choose from, but I really like the one that is like he has his arms on his hips and he's like, and it's supposed to be like a sarcastic way to mock somebody. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I'll send you a picture. Oh, um, okay. Is it like I, where like his face is a little bit weird? Or yeah. Something? I mean, it is a cartoon, so his face is going to be weird no matter right. what. But I'll send you. I'm pretty sure you know which one I'm talking about. I feel like just me saying he has his hands on his hips, that's like clear message. Okay. But I just sent it to you. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because I, I Google literally just now. So. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I know one meme from, from SpongeBob, which is like with a rainbow or something and his, oh, his eye opens up oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a cute one I like it um so yeah honestly I'm pretty much in the same on the same boat with you there in terms of like watching the source material so um I don't know about you Claire but my parents were pretty much against cable tv <laughs> Um, they were very much like oh you know that will rot your brain we don't want you to watch all these kind of like children's shows even though we had massive piles of VHS and DVD so that's what I did anyway just not on anything that was like hip and new so I didn't really grow up watching a lot of Spongebob episodes whenever I went to like a friend's house or like I stayed with my grandparents who did have um, cables I would catch a few episodes but nothing that was like a regular part of my routine but something that I did really really like from Spongebob is um, the movie so as I just mentioned we did have a huge collection VHS and DVDs and a lot of it was movies and the Spongebob movie was one of them so I just put it on loop again and again and it had a lot of like really good songs in it surprisingly and it had a pretty solid plot um it was a very very enjoyable movie for me did you watch it at all 
No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I didn't even know he has a movie, actually. Oh, I think it has several. I'm talking oh about the goodness. original movie. And I feel like if I say that, people will, will know which one I'm talking about. It's the one with David Hasselhoff. Um, and it was really, really fun. So that part is really good. The TV, I know very, very little from, just a few episodes here and there. And then the memes, I do enjoy me a SpongeBob meme. They're fun. <laughs> and they're so versatile. Like, there's so many. I can recall at least, like, four from the top of my, like, my head. So really, like, a cultural reset, I think. SpongeBob deserves to be talked about with respect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the musical itself. Neither of us, I'm guessing, had a familiarity with the musical, right? No. Okay, I had vague familiarity in terms of I knew about it. So when we were discussing what to pick for this week, um, I mentioned, oh, you know, this one is a cult classic in a way because it has a lot of critical acclaim, both within the audience and within critics, uh, but it hasn't actually done super duper well. So let's delve into that a little bit more. So just a little synopsis before we do that. The musical follows SpongeBob, obviously, Um, his friends friends I feel like I'm standing out with the Texan <laughs> his friends y'all um his friends <laughs> and the residents of Bikini Bottom as they navigate an existential threat about to annihilate the town in less than 48 hours it's up to Spongebob and his friends to prove themselves and save the day so another question I guess before we go into like a little bit more about the musical how familiar were you with the character like you knew who everybody was when you watched it? Um, no, not really. Okay. okay, cool. So it was a brand new experience for you, like a really big first exposure to SpongeBob. Yeah, well, it's more like I kind of know the main important people, but I don't know mm-hmm. everyone. Cool. Okay, that makes sense. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the musical itself, shall we? Sure. So the musical premiered in 2016 in Chicago before coming to Broadway in 2017. So we mentioned before, while the musical was critically successful and it was actually nominated for, I think, 17 Tony Awards, 17. um, It closed in 2018 after only winning one Tony, I think, due to renovation of the theater. The show actually closed with a loss since the production was very expensive. And if you watched it, I'm sure you would agree that this probably takes a good amount of money as an investment. Um, And the musical went on national tour in 2019, but unfortunately had to stop it short due to the global panini. Um, So as a result, Nickelodeon did the selfless thing for once in their life. I don't know if you watched Legend of Korra at all, but I still haven't forgiven them for sabotaging it. Did you watch Legend of Korra? No. Did you watch Avatar? Avatar. Um, The Last Airbender? Oh, um, I watched, I think, two episodes or something. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, It's the continuation of that. I was a big fan, but I was really, really sad how they sabotaged it. But back to SpongeBob, um, Nickelodeon did do a good thing in their life, and they released a pro shot of the musical to the public. So we were actually able to watch it in HDTV. And as I already mentioned several times, show was very critically acclaimed, both by critics and audience. So I'm really curious to strap in and hear your thoughts about it, because I'm really not sure. I can't predict where you're going to land on this. Hmm. What do you think (laughs) my reaction would be? I think you have very little tolerance to 
children's shows, but you do have a soft spot for like animated stuff. So it's very difficult to predict in this case how you're going to go. And we didn't mention this actually, but this musical is pretty unusual in the way that all the songs were written by different artists and it has a few artists that I know you like <laughs> as one of the uh, composers. Mm-hmm. That's uh, true. Yeah. So I'm really, really curious. And one of them we'll talk about. One of them did uh, something that I was really disappointed by uh, because I love her. But and we both really enjoyed her stuff in the past. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about Sarah Bareilles <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, I'm really jumping the gun there. <laughs> But there, there are some good spots. There are some uh, spots that are interesting. So I have no idea which way you're going to zig or zag in here. And I don't think you're going to give me a clue on this one, Claire. No, but, you know, you will see. I mean, we I will see. see, right? Based on your tone, I'm going to assume negative, lukewarm to negative. But we'll see if I'm correct later. That's my current prediction. That's what, what my claim is. Do you have any predictions for my reaction? My prediction with you and a children's show is always going to be like, it's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. All right. Um, okay, so let's really dive into like the uh, musical in depth, all the plot, everything that's about it. So let's go into the summary. So the musical opens with the introduction of a town under the sea known as Bikini Bottom. During the opening number, we're introduced to pretty much all the main characters. We have, of course, the titular character, SpongeBob, his best friend, Patrick, his cynical neighbor and coworker Squidward, and SpongeBob's science-inclined friend, Sandy the Squirrel. SpongeBob and Squidward work at the Krusty Krab under the owner, Mr. Krabs, whose defining trait is his love for money. And Mr. Krabs' restaurant is like a really super successful place, unlike his neighbor's restaurant, the evil genius Plankton, who owns the Chum Bucket, um, which is apparently the least popular restaurant in town. SpongeBob and Squidward go to work, where SpongeBob is the star employee for the past two years, while Squidward has his ambition elsewhere. Uh, Squidward has been developing a one-man show starring himself, and Mr. Krabs, the owner, brings his daughter to work and offers her the managerial position as soon as she graduates, which is nepotism at its finest and best. Um, Pearl isn't thrilled and confesses she doesn't want to work there. And SpongeBob sees the opportunity in front of him and expresses interest in a managerial job. Mr. Krabs laughs, and laughs at him, uh, saying he won't be fit for the job since he's just a simple sponge. This, if you watch the show, has a lot of gravitas, that's that simple sentence. Um, if you didn't watch the show, watch it and then go listen to gravitas. <laughs> um, okay, suddenly there is an earthquake rattling the town. There is a news flash, and we discover that there is a volcano that's about to erupt, bringing to the destruction of their town. There is an immediate lockdown order by the mayor. Um, did you get any flashbacks here to the panini at all? Panini? Oh, pandemic. That's but like, I'm like, what? what? <laughs> a fun way to say pandemic. Oh, um, I mean, no, not really, but okay. Really? Okay, interesting. I, I definitely felt like, oh... 
hmm, there's chaos and doom everywhere and everybody's in lockdown. Maybe, maybe, just maybe I can see how it's relevant to today's climate. Like, was the plot written after the pandemic? I don't think so, right? Because it was, yeah, it was 2016. Yeah. Yeah, way before. I think they were brilliant in terms of like, you know, the cult around Patrick? This is exactly the situation before us. Oh, okay. (laughs) um so yeah sandy who is a brilliant scientist meanwhile calculates that the volcano will erupt on sundown the next day spongebob goes to visit patrick where they affirm their status as best friend forever yay the town comes together to try and workshop solutions patrick's Uh, proposes to close their eyes and ignore everything while sandy suggests relying on science plankton and karen on the other hand decide to scheme of course so plankton proposes an evil plan which relies on the town folk being scared so he can hypnotize the entire town in one place and mind control them plankton therefore needs to neutralize sandy who actually came up with a solution through what else of course fear-mongering, and hatred. He reminds everyone that Sandy is a mammal and therefore isn't like the rest of them sea creature. Plankton proposes to evacuate Bikini Bottom in a giant escape pod for the entire town so they can rebuild their town elsewhere. The uh, whole town agrees with him, but they're too broke to afford it, actually. So to raise funds, they decide to have a benefit concert with a famous rock band, The Electric Skates. Squidward really wanted this to be his big break, but they decide he isn't fit for the role, he's infamous, they don't like him, whatever reason. So uh, to appease him, they give him the very miserable job, which is to be the official concert organizer. SpongeBob isn't ready to give up on Bikini Bottom, though, and decides to prove himself to the town and Mr. Krabs, of course, to show that he is actually manager material. SpongeBob goes to the Krusty Krab where Mr. Krab and Pearl have a disagreement about Pearl wanting to go see the Electric Skates concert while Mr. Krab wanting to leave and evacuate. He professes that money matters to him most in a crisis, which causes Pearl to think he cares about money more than he does care for her. In response to another crisis stemming from the volcano, SpongeBob is assembling his team to save Bikini Bottom. Naturally, he recruits Patrick, of course, but a cult of sardines, which we discussed, (laughs) starts worshipping Patrick based on his wise words at the original assembly. The two go on and recruit Sandy to their team. Meanwhile, the townsfolk gather around in a pub and decide to blame Sandy for everything, as she is a land mammal and therefore different for, you know, just everything that's been happening. Sandy hears this and is naturally heartbroken, as she thought Bikini Bottom was her home, but SpongeBob manages to convince Sandy to join their team despite that. Sandy comes up with a plan to neutralize the volcano with a device called Eruptor Interruptor. I don't know. I always thought it's going to be the Eruptor Disruptor. I do agree interrupter (laughs) works really well, but for me, just the length of interrupter is too long compared to the eruptor. So I like eruptor disruptor. (laughs) You're taking this very seriously. I can see that. No, no. I don't know. Didn't it like just come natural to you, the disruptor rather than interrupter? To me, it was just like what I remembered it as. And then I had to go back and revise my notes to interrupter rather than disruptor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, oh. it just flows better I don't know but 
back to the plot. We cut to Squidward, who is planning the benefit concert, as we know. He reveals his deep insecurities stemming from past bullying, where he was constantly called a loser, and his true ambition of performing in front of big crowds. SpongeBob and the team goes to see Squidward, where Plankton also happens to be very conveniently. Um, and they excitedly reveal their plan to save the city. Squidward puts a thorn in their plan by educating SpongeBob and his group that nobody made it to the top of the volcano alive ever, but the team isn't deterred and decide to go anyway. Before leaving the cult of sardines return to worship Patrick, Patrick is swept off his feet with their adoration and admiration, and he decides to break his BFF status with SpongeBob and stay behind. The whole cast sing about what they will do on their last day they have. So the next day, we're conveniently uh, like not mentioning a number that is irrelevant and ties nothing to the plot. <laughs> <laughs> but the next day, SpongeBob wakes up and gets ready to climb the volcano with Sandy. Bikini Bottom devolved into utter chaos in the meantime, but Sandy was able to create the eruptor interrupter. Mm-hmm. 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 Good job. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Plankton and Karen are scared. The two will foil their evil plan and unearth their avalanche maker to create an avalanche to kill SpongeBob and Sandy. Very fun. There is a death in this musical, by the way, so maybe that will appease you, Claire. The electric skate arrive for the concert and they count Pearl for a backup. Oh, sorry, they scout for all for a backup vocals. That autocorrect really didn't number on me there. Um, <laughs> Uh, truly the stuff of self-insert fanfiction, by the way. Like, I don't know how much fanfiction you've been, you've read ever. I don't think you're the type of person to read fanfiction, but this gives me very much like a Wattpad, One Direction fanfiction of 2012 fame. Did you read any fanfiction? In Mandarin, a lot. And I think in English sometimes, but (gasps) not a lot. I am so shocked to hear this and pleasantly surprised. I'm not going to disclose um what sort of fan fictions those were but that's can okay. you disclose it to me and edit it out <laughs> no <laughs> i'm so curious it's like oh a my dark god. history dark history mm-hmm. oh my god apparently biblical fan fiction is a really big thing i wonder if this is like a different equivalent of biblical fan fiction that you've read well maybe one day you'll find out maybe i'm really looking <laughs> forward to that day i i swear across my heart and hope to die i will not tell anybody i really wish to know this piece of information just for myself <laughs> so anyway you can definitely relate or hopefully relate to the fan fiction um angle of it though i'm guessing you didn't read much one direction fiction oh definitely not definitely not yeah. i don't see you do that at all Anyway, Squidward pitched himself for an opening act, but they refused unless Squidward is able to get all the items in their very, very long list. Um, Cut to SpongeBob and Sandy, who are ready to climb the volcano, but SpongeBob and Patrick have a lovely duet, realizing how much they miss each other, and Patrick decides to go after SpongeBob and Sandy after all. Meanwhile, Squidward finished gathering all of the band's requests, and the band makes fun of Squidward and refuses to let him open for them because he missed one item. Uh, Then they call him a loser, which sends Squidward, I really am having difficulty with his name, and I don't know why, Um, Squidward on a tantrum due to his childhood trauma of being called a loser. As a result, the band quits, 
and the town assembles before the concert only to discover the band isn't performing and they cannot fundraise and they're doomed essentially. Meanwhile, Sandy and SpongeBob almost reach the summit where Plankton and Kieran launch the avalanche maker. SpongeBob seemingly falls to his doom only to be saved by Patrick on a jetpack at the last moment, of course. The two reconcile and work together as a team. They reach the summit and find out the only one able to make it through the cracks is SpongeBob. He's having second thoughts, feeling he's incapable because he's just a simple sponge. They're very important as we heard before, but Sandy and Patrick remind him he is determined and optimistic and thus uniquely capable of saving them all through his management skills. Anyway, I don't know how big of a fan of Lord of the Rings are you? I am a super big fan of Lord So did this give you such, like, hello, Eye of Sauron, Mount Doom, like, Frodo throw the ring of power into the pit? <laughs> did that give you? I'm going to say that is so insulting, but that's okay. <laughs> but it didn't give you at all. Like, literally, they have the, the pit, the opening for the I mean, the now volcano. that you put it like that, yeah, I guess. But then it did not even cross my mind. Not even once when oh, I was no, watching no, no. it. No, look deeper. I feel like Rafiki. Look uh. deeper. <laughs> um, anyway, for Frodo, I mean, Spongebob. For Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> he throws the eruptor interrupter successfully and without a sudden change of heart. Yay, uh, Spongebob. Good for him. Good for him. From the top, the trio sees that Bikini Bottom devolved into chaos and will destroy itself anyway, volcano or not. The group makes it back and tells the town of their accomplishment. Spongebob gives a moving speech to get the townsfolk to stay in Bikini Bottom without killing each other in the process, proving to everybody, including Mr. Krabs, um, that he is leadership material. The whole town unites to see if the eruptor interrupter worked and celebrates when it does. So the whole town recognizes Sandy and welcomes her to the community. Plankton reveals his evil scheme. Mr. Crab admits uh, SpongeBob could become a manager someday without pay raise and Squidward and Pearl perform in front of everybody. And that's how the show ends. Yay. Yay. And then there is a little like epilogue. I don't know if it's an epilogue, but they do a really, really cute moment where they sing the opening song from uh, the show. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to need. I'm that like, was there's really no neat. way they don't sing that. Yeah. Oh, you you foresaw it being there. Yeah. I kind of thought that that would be the first thing, like opening number, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, yeah. interesting. They do have another show, uh, another um, song from there that they actually incorporate not as an epilogue. And I wonder if you recognize it. No. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll come to it. I actually have stuff for song by song, but I don't know if you prepared any questions and you don't want to do it by through the song by song method. I don't have a whole lot to say about each song, but I guess maybe we can start with some of the songs that you do want to talk about, or do you want okay. to talk about every single one of them? Uh, I don't know. I mean, some of them I have a lot more to talk about than others. So I I think we'll both have a lot to say about the opening number regardless. So maybe we'll start mm -hmm. with that. Okay. Okay. You want to start? The, the, so the first song is Bikini Bottom Day. I don't really have a lot of things to oh, say. Oh, you don't have a lot. Okay, 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 okay. Cool, cool, cool. Should I go first then? Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, I think it will incorporate actually a lot of my thoughts about the show itself. 
just because we're introduced to everything in the first song, duh. Um, so that's probably something we can incorporate and you can talk about even if you don't have a lot to say about the music. But I really love that they didn't go with like cardboard cutouts or like huge fursuits of the characters. So like the costume design interpretation into like human looking characters was absolutely amazing to me. Like I love the way that they thought about everything and how true it is to the characters without looking uncanny or really, really weird, which a lot of like children shows or children musical can definitely go that route. Like even um, Olaf from Frozen, like I didn't love his interpretation there mm. because it looks cardboard but in here it looks very like streamlined and believable and it works like that for everybody so that was such a high moment for me to kind of continue from that the cast is excellent they seem really passionate about like the whole musical and the the franchise and they managed to capture the spirit the mannerism the oddities of the characters like really well which was absolutely fantastic to see even as somebody who didn't like grew up fanatically with a show and watched every single episode like I just had some familiarity with it through a few episodes here and there in the movie I totally see how the cast reflects um the characters really well and apparently um the actor who plays Spongebob I think his name is Ethan Slater he didn't have any familiarity with Spongebob before and I refuse to believe that because he literally embodied Spongebob (laughs) in human form for me right that's true that's true I thought the first time I saw him, I'm like, whoa, that is one very muscular sponge. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, wow, this guy's cut. <laughs> so, like, he was so... It was distracting. Full of muscle. <laughs> he was but he so has muscular. this bright smile on his oh, yeah. face. And I he love looks he so innocent gap. and cute. Yeah. Which but Spongebob it- <laughs> has. <laughs> At first look, I, I was a little bit hesitant. But he proved me wrong. He proved me wrong. And he was great at acting too. So honestly, he was one of the highlights for me in the show. I, oh, for sure. Like the entire cast, I think, was really, really good. I think there is one or two complaints that I have about specifically about some cast, but like they are so passionate about it. They really um, embody the character super well. And nobody does a better job than the actor who plays SpongeBob. I think it's Ethan Slater, I believe. Um, so that was a really, really huge highlight for me. I really enjoyed the interaction between some of the characters. That will also become a con later on for other characters. But in here, there was a really sweet moment between Plankton and Karen in particular. And I really love the futuristic design of given Karen. I'm guessing you're probably, you don't know how she looks like, but she looks like essentially like a rail. And on top of the rail, there's like a computer looking TV. It looks kind of like a, an EKG. EKG. Um, in a hospital so they've given her and she's a machine so they've given her like a very Uh, futuristic design to reflect that and I think that works really well I really like the eye patch that they've given plankton because he's only supposed to have one eye I didn't really it looks like sorry just one second I don't know if you played you probably never played a game but there was a a game called Yakuza on on PS4 that I used to play and he (laughs) looks exactly the same as one of the Yakuza in it and that just (laughs) And I love that character. So I don't know. He's supposed to be the bad guy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't really watch the show, so I don't know how evil he is. And I don't imagine the super evil. He's, he's always evil. Okay, okay. Well, you always have that one evil character who just ends up failing every schemes that he has. But anyways, yeah, yeah, I loved him <laughs> from the get-go. I was like, Aww. oh my god, this looks like my favorite character from this other game. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Is it obvious that I'm not a gamer? <laughs> 
the most I play is like on my phone but yeah I yeah. imagine yeah I grew up with two brothers so my brother plays less than me so wow <laughs> I feel like that means nothing but <laughs> depends on what kind of brother you have I guess that's true that's true I mean the, I I think like unless you count wordles which we do I think I mentioned several times daily on the family chat and then we also do crosswords daily you're the intelligent type of family and we're (laughs) like the normal type of family that plays the actual video games anyways (laughs) no like unless that counts as video games then we're really connoisseurs of video games but apart from that (laughs) yeah um okay I should I should look into that yaksa is the name of the game Mm -hmm. interesting okay and I really am curious how much of a match so you also had the ponytail in the game yeah (laughs) one I think that's cool (laughs) yeah anyways Um, yes anyway so the production itself I guess uh seems larger than life here and I guess that's why they went bankrupt or they they finished at a loss because there are so many elements that work together to make it seem rich and colorful just as a tv show and they really pulled it off and I cannot imagine the amount of funding and cash it takes Mm -hmm. but it really worked out for them in my opinion um I think we we used to mention it a lot more before but something that I thought was really really great is um there is so much body diversity and just generally diversity um, in this show compared to like normal shows in Broadway or, or other shows we've seen. And I think that's really something to note. I feel like it was so much more believable um, in this kind of setting. I love to see it. And in terms of the number itself, it was such a show-stopping opening number. Number I always love that it like introduces all the characters and condenses all the exposition into one song so we can get that over with and be up to speed for the show itself and um I really like that it shows like the status quo for everyone and defining memorable personality for every single character they introduce which I think is such a crucial aspect of the opening act and something that is difficult to get right especially when you have such a large show with so many characters you still are very crystal clear on who is who in terms of characterization and what is at least one aspect of them that can uh, differentiated them from somebody else yeah I don't know I think tying on to that we did mention the costumes a little bit but you can really glean every character's personality just from the costume like them standing completely still or even like with a pose to really emphasize it just from their costume hair and makeup you can see what kind of personality they are, they have what kind of like character they're going to be what kind of even role they're going to play in the story I think that's really neat Something that I didn't really love in terms of the number itself, I don't think it's the catchiest or most complex song on its own, but it just feels like something special when it all comes together for the whole experience. And something that is also notable here, there is a good amount of dancing involved from the entire cast. And especially from Spongebob, he has a lot of acrobatics throughout the entire musical. I feel like it's really impressive that they're able to pull it off while singing. All of them, like despite undetermined levels of dance because not everybody is going to be an expert at dancing and singing and everything together they all managed to pull it off and it still looks really impressive mm-hmm. that was pretty long eh? <laughs> that was long but it was good that you had so much to say about it I do realize also that they have a lot of choreography where dancing involved mm-hmm. even though I think it was definitely 
a more like kids version in terms of the complexity of the choreography which I thought was mm, like understandable considering it's a children's show but then at the same time uh it's not really my thing but I do appreciate the energy Mm -hmm. that was put into it because you can definitely see how just colorful and energetic throughout the entire show which is pretty amazing but it's just you know for my level it was a little bit too high the energy Mm. oh you don't like high energy numbers I like it but I don't like it having 20 high energy numbers in a row got it it's draining yeah Mm. yeah I need like a balance (laughs) (laughs) that is fair and I, I definitely give you that the show just from the virtue of having so many writers and so many like Uh, cooks in the kitchen had a little bit of a disjointed feel song-wise especially um and it it definitely shows like there are a lot of high energy numbers there's not necessarily the best balance there Mm -hmm. um did you like the number as an opening number I do because it is kind of fun but I do feel like it dragged on for way too long Mm, I can see that it was like um almost 10 minutes I think right yeah yeah Yeah. it is definitely a longer number but I feel like it's pretty part of the course to have very long opening number I feel like we had so many numbers that have been at least 10 minutes long just for the opening because there's usually a lot of exposition you have to go through I I definitely understand where you're coming from in terms of it being long but I also think it's not that unusual okay okay Um, yeah I don't think it's unusual too but it's just mm -hmm. it's just long yeah 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 get that for sure so the second number is my favorite I don't have a lot to say about it but I really like it it's no control yes it's your favorite too I had a feeling just because I looked after yeah I looked after I didn't know because I as always take out your bingo cards I listened to the cast recording before I watched the show and before I read the Wikipedia entry so I listened to all the cast recording and all the songs way way before several times and this one really singled out in my mind as the best one and then I was reading the Wikipedia article and I was like David Bowie wait what a sec wait a second and in the Wikipedia article they didn't really mention all the time how a lot of the artists come together so I just saw all these famous names and I was like what is going on and then I read a little bit more about it it was like oh I get it if David Bowie wrote us there's no way it's not going to be Claire's favorite <laughs> right right and actually for this episode too I listened to the recording first Yay! as well which you know what like <laughs> as soon as it hit the second song and as soon as they started singing and I was like wait a minute I know this one like why oh. is that wait he released it as a single or something yeah oh I did not know that <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, yes. I mean, it's nowhere close to the original in my heart, but it's still really good. Hmm. When did he die? 2016, no? When did he die? David yeah. Boy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2016. Okay, so like this is like essentially on his deathbed. Well, if you put it that way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting. I didn't even think about it. I didn't realize that they released some of these as... Uh, as like a single I think it makes sense because one of them I felt like I recognized it from somewhere else and I yeah. had the feeling in the back of my head and I was like oh maybe it's just something that I've heard before from medallies of musical numbers I've heard but maybe I guess it's a it's a single on its own hmm. anyway um I I will say my motivations I guess for loving this number apart from the fact that it's so so catchy I really like the catchy numbers um if you know 
me at all or if you listen to our previous episodes I have a deep love for deep voices and the news anchor's voice is so velvety and smooth and beautifully deep I absolutely love it apart from that it really gave me Rona vibes Panini all the way um the acrobatics and body comedy from Spongebob which we touched a little bit on before um it's just so close and probably as close as it can get in human form to being a cartoon which is really, really impressive to me. The entire number comes together so well. The only thing I would tweak here is when I listen to it in the cast recording, there is no break in between the song at all, obviously. And in here, there's a little bit of break for like dialogue and acting and whatnot. Uh, I do prefer it without the break, but I understand why it's necessary. Mm-hmm. You should go to listen to the original then, if you like the yeah. D voice that they have here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I still think the only exposure I have to David Bowie is from Labyrinth and Ground Control to Major Tom. Yeah, well, there's a lot more to explore. I just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Is it just David Bowie that you like about the song or anything else? Not really. I think that's probably... <laughs> Honestly, I'm impressed that they decided to choose this one to put oh, into um the the cast or like the the musical i don't know i'm guessing he, they commissioned him especially or something i, I have no idea but they have, um he's not the only rock star here i think they have a song by aerosmith as well which is a band i know zero songs from i think but unless Where, something came up in glee <laughs> oh which they do have a lot of classic rock songs so there's there's a high possibility that I do actually know Aerosmith song I obviously heard of them but I'm really not like a classic you have rock not listened to I don't want to miss a thing oh I did yes yeah it came up in Glee I think oh. no <laughs> um, wonder but I heard it before Glee I heard it before Glee <laughs> you better I don't know why I don't really remember actually I do it's a slow song that plays on every single party in middle school just for okay. the slow dancing I have no idea what you're talking about. There's a lot of soul songs. You got to give me more than that. No, no, Slow dancing. Like, you know how in middle school you slow dance? No. No. Did you have middle school parties? Middle school parties? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm guessing they're obviously- Like, not in high school. Well, I only only been here for high school, right? So. Oh, but there are no middle school parties in Taiwan? No. What are you talking about? We spent like eight hours a day studying. There's no time for party. Same, but weekends. <laughs> now that I enjoy the parties, of course. Weekends are for after school schools. Okay. No, that's 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 <laughs> the difference. Eight hours I can relate. I understand. Ten hours I can also relate, sympathize, after school curriculars, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the weekend is sacred. Um, but it also can be different because we had like in birthday parties, you would have like slow songs as well, starting the late years of middle school and then early high school. And uh, Wait, hold on a second. Does that mean that you dance if you go yeah. to these parties? Yeah, um, I didn't. Unless it was okay. a slow song and somebody like, asked me I specifically. I know that. I hate, I hate, I would not. But uh, unless somebody asked me specifically, because slow dancing is not like actually dancing and just literally like swaying from leg to leg moving your weight from one hip to another um or actually one leg to another while you're holding like the back of somebody's neck and they hold your hips like that's literally all there is to it it's not actually dancing I'm sure you've died maybe it's just like a different name but it's a song that featured in love slow dancing <laughs> in summary <laughs> I don't know if there's any other song from Aerosmith that I probably know by heart, but this one I, I do know. 
so they featured here as well. I I wasn't impressed by their number actually at all, but I'll I'll mention. Song was in. Oh, um, it's in the second act, and it is Bikini Bottom Boogie. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So the next one, I think, is I'm not a big fan of. No, that's not his actually. I thought it was John Legends because I know he has a song here, but it's not. And I didn't think very highly of it. It's BFF. I don't know. I just, I tend to really like French songs, but this felt really gimmicky and the props were the center of attention rather than the songs or the characters for me. And it just felt really weak in terms of showcasing their personality, story, comedic elements. And the song itself wasn't that memorable or enjoyable. It just felt too simple. Did you like it? It's okay. Like, I don't mind listening to it, but would I go back to listen to it? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. It's one of those songs that's just there, you know? Like, I know that I have to have a song to sort of let us know about their friendship, even though I'm pretty sure people who are already there knows that they're best friends. So this is kind of like a useless number to me because narratively it doesn't add anything and musically it's just pretty mediocre. It's not bad, but it's just there. I agree. I yeah. agree 100%. Yeah. Um. This is an interesting one. I can see this being polarizing. How about when the going gets tough? This is the one, by the way, that I mentioned that I thought I knew or I heard about before with the solo go and be gone or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Did I you thought it was this? interesting. No, but okay. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting because it has this weird rapping part. Yes in the beginning and I have to be really honest even though I love Majima which is the character that looks really similar to him but I don't like the rapping very much and I think it was not very good rapping Mm -hmm. even though I'm probably the the last person to comment anything about raps but I agree with you in the beginning but he did have something again I'm not also not into rapping or rap either there are a few that I listen to and mainly Nicki Minaj but I'm really not into rap in general uh in the beginning he was definitely rough in my opinion it sounded very like vanilla ice early 90s white rap but later he has like this really really complex very fast verse towards the ending of the song that I was really impressed with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's right before the moment where he's like, he, 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 in the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought it was cute. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed in this song, the So Let's Go and We Gone in the background, which is something that I noticed I say a lot for like rap songs or stuff like that. I, I tend to gravitate towards the choir or background music because it sounds better to me. But I do love and admire his confidence here. Like, it's clear he was waiting his entire life to execute this plan. He was born ready for it. You can see the confidence in him when he had, like, the rough battle mic drop against Mr. Krabs <laughs> about the sleeve. Um, and I love the stats from Karen when she's like, Sheldon, you couldn't rap if your life depended on it. So it has <laughs> some endearing elements to it, despite me not being totally into the number. Um, and this is one of the ones that really feel disjointed to me. Like it feels very, very different from the other ones for me. That is true. Okay, now we get to just a simple sponge. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really remember, even though I think this is from Panic at a Disco. It is, yeah. I like them actually. I, I actually do like them a lot mm-hmm. too. 
the earlier so, stuff though I liked yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember it was pretty good but I just can't remember how it sounds like at this moment uh um I think as a song itself obviously it's a bit late for this in the plot it's the classic textbook definition of an I want song I think the number really fits that musically that I want song like feel to it it has some really catchy elements I think both in the chorus and the choir singing because you're not a single a simple sponge I think which works but it's very clearly like the I want song which for some in Disney, it really works well as the memorable one, but in others, just like, oh, this is the moment we have to go through. And it's somewhere in between for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, Daddy Knows Best. I don't have much to say about this one or Hero is My Mole Name. Do you? I don't like this one, to be honest. Neither do I. Mm-hmm. I feel like they really wasted Pearl. Is that her? <laughs> yes. Yeah. She has such amazing vocal and it was really impressive, but it was so sad and at some point very frustrating to see that all she has was the was this really weird number <laughs> where she screams daddy and that was it yeah. um, I think she has a little bit more in act two but not much more yeah which really was a shame because she has such an amazing vocal I wish that they do more you know, she is with very her. talented as a singer. Yeah. Like, I was really impressed by her singing. Um, we didn't see the person who originated the role in the Chicago production, but if any of you watched Umbrella Academy, uh, the actress who played Pearl in the Chicago production was Allison, which is really cool. Uh, I really like Umbrella Academy. You might like it too, I think, because it has some superhero vibe elements. Okay. And it, it's darker than Marvel, I'd say uh yeah so I didn't feel that one either I also thought that they wasted Pearl's potential hero is my middle name I didn't like it at all or I wouldn't say that I didn't like it at all it just it's a very standard by the book quest song and I think we've heard better quest songs before I prefer like both the quest songs we've heard in a very Potter musical and the lightning thief over this one so it didn't really stand out for me mm-hmm. I'll say it's catchy I didn't mind it, but it was just very typical. Really? You know? I struggled like, to remember it, to be honest. And I listened to it quite a bit. I actually had a very easy time remembering it. Really? But That's so interesting. Chorus it's like only. <laughs> like it's chorus like only. And uh, I, I, my complaint about this one was, I think they spent way too much time on trying to get the team going. Mm. And the plot line was already so simple. And it just wasn't fast enough in my opinion like there was a lot of time wasted in between dialogues so I kind of wish that I speed things up and, and just get to the point you know just get going already like if, if uh, Sandy needs a song about how she doesn't feel like she fit in she can have that solo but for the time being just get going man and so I was really <laughs> losing my patience at this point especially that this is not even the start of their quest yet like it, mm. it hasn't even begun yet which yeah. really was um, super annoying because yeah. I just want to see what's happening. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is because there are so many subplots. This is like obviously the A subplot, but it's not, it doesn't even get that much focus. There are like at least three distinct ones, which is the main subplot. Then we have the B subplot with uh, Squidward. And then we have the C subplot with Pearl. 
And depending or not, if you want to count Sandy by herself as a subplot, that could also come in there and will be more substantial. But there are a lot of different threads that are coming all over that feel very disjointed, much mm-hmm. in the same vein as the songs themselves. It's almost like they've given it to several writers to write, but they didn't, which is really interesting and really make the first act drag like they had a very late moment i want song that a very late moment quest song considering this is the main plot that feels a little bit weird and something that i would workshop at least mm-hmm. um i really enjoyed super c star savior I feel like it's a very fun number. I tend to really like gospel numbers and musicals in general. And I personally think I have Hercules to blame for that. But in general, I was really impressed with the dancing from the sardines. Even though it was very like modern, I agree with that. It conveyed really well they flock in schools and have very hive mind thoughts and like personalities. They're all like connected and seem very the same. Um, I'm not completely in love with Patrick's voice compared to the rest of the cast and he's like the one little thing that I mentioned before in um, terms of the cast but he managed to do really well in this number considering the versatility he had to show here he had to show a huge range in vocally and also he had to um, go through several different genres throughout this number which I thought was really impressive Uh, acting wise he was superb of course but I had a little bit um here and there he had issues with some of the notes I found Mm -hmm. I can understand why though to be honest because um I guess Patrick was supposed to sound like that from the tv show and that's why Mm -hmm. he sounds like this in the musical but I agree I think that makes his vocal just not particularly special you know Mm -hmm. Uh, or it seems rather weak if you compare to the rest of the cast Mm -hmm. so I'm not a huge fan of his voice as well but I have to say this is one of the songs that actually stood up to me when I was listening to the cast recording yeah so ever since No Control this is the next song that I was like hey I need to pause and actually see the title of the song because it stood up to me and I want to know what it what it's called you know for sure. So you also yeah. enjoyed it. Like I the enjoyed it. And stuff like that. But I have to say, I think I enjoyed it more as a standalone song. So if I'm mm-hmm. only listening to it without watching anything visually, I think I enjoy it more. <laughs> I don't but know attracted. why. Yeah. I think maybe it's the fact that I'm not too fond of Patrick as a character too. Oh, so okay. the fact that he's in the center of all this is uh, like, it was not the... Um, the selling point you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's not a deal breaker but yeah. it, it definitely does not make me like it more <laughs> than true. I already do yeah that's true I do feel like the subplot works for him like if any of these characters were to be worshipped in a cult it would be Patrick just based on his erratic behavior but I do see the issues with him as a character here especially with somebody who is supposed to be like the second main character spongebob's best friend i do feel like he was wasn't given as much attention and instead it was very harry potter moment where he's like ron's to harry and ron is being very sidelines and compared to hermione who is getting a more substantial role compared to the tv show and the movies um so in comparison to the books if we're going with the harry potter allegory which I know means gibberish to you, but <laughs> I definitely saw the similarities between this and also, of course, Lord of the Rings. Tomorrow is... I personally don't really like this as an at-one closer. Oh. Yeah. Narratively, I think it, it works. Another rock band, The Flaming Lips. I yeah. I, I have 
not really been following them. So <laughs> <laughs> it does not have that effect on me. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and musically, I don't know. Just, it's just okay. Like it's really it. okay. Yeah. I feel like maybe musically, obviously depends, depends if it's your cup of tea or not, but as an act one closer, I think it works really well. Like it feels right thematically. Um, it's in the right place, even though the show was really, really stretched up until this point and now they're rushing through everything. The tomorrow is, is in its perfect spot. In my opinion, it has the correct tone for an act one closer, which I think is really important. I love that all the town comes together to sing about their subplot for the musical, which makes it feel very grand. It also gives you a bit of a reminder of where everybody is at before act two, because you're going to have a little bit of a rough time before you go back to the plot, just like in act one, which is really strange. Um, I think it's, it's thematically a really, really good act one closer. In terms of whether you like it musically or not, of course, that depends on you. But I think it worked for me. It's not one of the most memorable songs in the musical, but it works still for me. Mm-hmm. Good for mm. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> act two. Do you want to talk about Poor Pirates? I just want to say I fucking hate this one. But do you have anything to say about it? I don't really understand what's the purpose of him. Okay, so like, is he a character in the show yeah. or like what what the fuck is going on? Because I was really confused. Yeah, so he's the character who sings the opening song. I guess that's that's to start. But did you read the Wikipedia article for this? Uh, not not really. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's fine. Um, the one we watched is the pro shot. And in the pro shot, they replaced the first segment where they introduced him with um, an animated bit about theater etiquette. Um, So the part that was supposed to be there originally is the pirate trying to go in to see the show because he's SpongeBob's number one fan, but he was being chased out because he's a pirate and the theater decides to discriminate against him. And throughout the entire musical, he tries to weasel his way into the um, musical and into the theater to be able to be there with SpongeBob. So it was supposed to be like a tie in from act one where he was introduced. And obviously it's supposed to work thematically with the show because you open with a pirate but it really didn't work especially considering they replaced the act one with the animated bit I think it would be perfect if they replace the act two opener with an animated bit as well because it really it's really a shame and I was so disappointed because I saw it was I don't know I'm sorry about pronunciation of the last name but Sarah Borrelius um because I really really liked waitress despite giving it a 6.5 which I regret daily and I know she's capable of writing such amazing songs and doing so well that when I saw this it really compounded my uh, disdain for the song Mm -hmm. but yeah does it do anything to you does it send you into irrational rage or very rational rage (laughs) when I was listening to the cast recording it was not bad like it was not horrible okay um but when I was watching the show I was just really confused yeah 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 I don't I don't think I hate it as much as you do Mm -hmm. but it's just a little bit weird to call it an act two opener when it has nothing to do with the plot I agree so that is something that I have something to say about but other than that for 
the music itself, I think it's fine. Mm. I, I think I don't hate it. <laughs> the entire first few songs of Act Two are in the trenches fighting for their life because poor pirate obviously is horrible in my opinion. Um, Bikini Bottom ba- Day is just a reprise from before, and Bikini Bottom Boogie I didn't like whatsoever. I thought it was really strange. It was also very short. So these are the first three songs of Act Two, and they got none of these right. And the only one they start warming up and getting right is Chop to the Top. So I was really disappointed with how they handled the Act 2 um, mm-hmm. songs up until that point. I was about to be mad. I was like, why is this musical so well-beloved? Didn't you see the, how horrible the Act 2 is? But spoiler alert, obviously, I did warm up to the act to the second act um, as we went along. But this one really frustrated me. It really mm-hmm. tested me. Mm-hmm. No, I can see why. I think plot-wise, Act 2 is... A little bit more disorganized compared to Act One as well. Like you get mm-hmm. this, like you said, a lot of the weird subplot lines there, here and there. Um, that's what sort of like drive you away from the focus of you know it's about SpongeBob in his quest to save the day, and instead we get this like oh um, I forgot his name this the squid dude Squidward yeah <laughs> and his uh, his struggle with like trying to be somebody or trying to find his loneliness and whatever which I honestly I enjoy that oh me um, too to a degree but it just was distracting yeah yeah I agree this is something that I was going to keep to my final thoughts but might as well talk about them now I really think they have too many subplots like I adore Pearl's voice but I would cut that completely I would even cut Squidward's subplot even though I I like him as a character a lot and I think his number is great as solo when he does have one and I relate to the story he goes through and to his um, character development but it's it's really just distracting from the main plot like you said as well and it doesn't have a lot of role there apart from us knowing that we like Squidward as a character and we want to see him succeed um that's kind of the motivation of keeping up with everything but it doesn't feel very cohesive do you want to discuss Chop to the Top I personally think it's okay yeah I feel like Sandy could be a little bit more like putting a little bit more emotion into this that's interesting. I think she's the most successful of the cast. Like she played Alphaba. She was standby for Alphaba. She played in Tootsie. She played in like a lot of, she played like uh, Elaine in. No, I'm, I'm not saying that she is bad or anything. I just oh. think that in this one particular number oh, that I w- would expect okay. Sandy to be a little more engaged. I, but she just seems okay. a little bit emotionally distant from what's going on here. Got it. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was like a character as a whole oh "Oh, no 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 just this song I think this is notable because this is the first act two number that I liked and I also enjoyed that it pays an homage to Bop to the Top from High School Musical fame I'm sure it doesn't actually but I like to think about it because the names are so similar and I enjoyed the set design in the way they convey the mountain I thought it was very creative Mm mm-hmm uh next one is I guess I miss you which I think is what BFF should have been and to my surprise this is the John Legend song and I don't really like his musical generally but I think this was very very smooth moment um I think as a song it works much better than BFF as I mentioned before as a duet for them um it seems like a much more emotionally grounded and tender moment between them as friends that is actually meaningful to the plot and to who they are and like for them as characters unlike everything that I had before so I think this song is really rising a couple of notches in comparison to the other one they have 
I don't really like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's okay. I don't think it's better or worse than the BFF. So it's kind of just, you know, there.、Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't really do too much to me. I don't hate、yeah. it, but it, it's definitely not one of the songs that stood up to me.、Mm-hmm. That's fair. How about I'm Not a Loser?、Um, be more chill vibes. Um, I think it's. It's okay. I enjoy the character a lot.、Okay. So maybe I'm a little bit biased, but but the song is um it's it's fine. But how about you? I like this. I think this cements that Act Two started out real rough, but now it's spouting straight up bangers for me. Like I think it's a good number. The Top Dance, most musical theater musical number in the show by far. I think it's a force to be reckoned with. Like imagine tap dancing with four shoes because Squidward has four legs there, and there I, I have no idea how they're attached to his body. Probably some kind of like wiring or something. But he manages to dance. With all four legs, which I thought was such an incredible thing, and sing during the entire time. I feel like he deserves all the flowers for this number, and it's such a big number for him, for a character that seems more reserved. Some somebody that I can definitely like. Out of all the characters, I definitely find Squidward to be the one I can relate to the most, and it's a very cathartic moment. I'm not gonna lie; I think it's very sweet.、Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the reprise of just a simple sponge. Then we have a reprise. Oh, we don't have a reprise.、Um, best day ever. That's the one from、uh, the show itself. I think it's from the musical, actually, from the movie. I'm just gonna say I feel like overall the songs are not bad, but、mm-hmm. it at the same time they they don't they're not like mind blowing good、yeah. too. So this is one of them、um, that I, I think is pretty good, and、mm-hmm. I might enjoy it from from,、uh, from time to time. But it's definitely not like you know my my favorite or anything. Um, I can see that. I feel like this song. Really makes it clear that the people who are working on the show, in every capacity, so like both with people behind the scene and the people we see, just love SpongeBob as a as a source material, and they really. Take a lot of care with how they adapt it, and they want to give a lot of Easter eggs in there for people to recognize and somebody to something to connect to. And I appreciate that a lot. And I guess I'll talk about it now. Like after this, you technically have Bikini Bottom Day, but I think Best Day Ever should have been the finale with the theme song afterwards because I understand thematically why Bikini Bottom Day reprise is gonna be the ending song、mm-hmm. just because it's neat to end with a song you started, but it's a bit unnecessary. I'm not mad at it, but Best Day Ever is really the number, the big number where everybody comes together and are able to solve everything. So. I I really enjoy it for a finale. Okay, well, actually, I thought、um, the first time I listened to the beginning Bond Day, I already knew that it's going to be finale because、oh. it's just you know there's no way this is not a finale song. I actually、mm. thought it sounds more like a finale song than an opening song. Interesting.、Um, so it wasn't a surprise. Like I would be quite. Shocked if they didn't end with the song, actually. Yeah, but I can also see where it's coming from because the best day ever is also a good song to end everything. So yeah. yeah, yeah, who knows? 
Um, I think that's it for the songs. I feel like this is the quickest we've ever done anything ever. So a pat on the back for us. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. We're, we're getting the hang of that. <laughs> um, are we going into final thoughts or we're deciding to like scrap final thoughts altogether? I feel like I'm curious about your final thoughts. I don't know. I feel like mine maybe were a bit more clear, at least to me. Um, but I want to hear your final thoughts. Oh, sure. So I'm just going to say, I think I have mixed feelings about this musical because the first time when we decided we were going to do this for the episode, I was a little bit hesitant. I, I, I don't tell. like anything that is, you know, targeted towards kids. And this is very, very kids focused and I'm just not in that group ever and I was not a fan so I couldn't imagine myself enjoying it and I have to say the songs were pretty good the amount of investment money the props the setup the design everything else that goes into this production was really incredible that Mm -hmm. was really impressive but at the same time I, I thought about all this and I was a little bit sad because you know how there's a lot of musicals that is kind of based on whatever that was popular among mm-hmm. kids like Frozen or a lot of Disney's uh, franchise and this is one of them and I agree that it's a good way to introduce kids to the musical but it's just I think there is enough of these kind of musicals and these mm. kind of musicals because of this market because parents will be willing to pay however the money of the tickets to take their kids into it that they get all these investment they got to go on Broadway they get to you know be nominated and win some of the awards whatever and I just don't know if I agree with all that marketing like I know there's definitely a market for it Mm-hmm. But I just kind of wish that other productions that might not be um, targeted towards kids also have some of the chances that these sort of productions do have. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's really impressive to see how high budget this was. Mm-hmm. And I guess it makes sense that they couldn't keep up with the, with the yeah. cost eventually. But it's just I kind of hope that we can channel some of that budget into something else you know mm-hmm. that that might be worth investing in and giving giving them a chance to shine too mm-hmm. so that's one thing that kind of crossed my mind when I was watching it because um it, it's really nice it's really fun I can see why kids will love it but it just I hope other shows get to shine like this too that's maybe not fair. at this level but uh but at I least think- you know I think a lot of people share your thoughts because it's not only for kids that it, this is happening. Mm-hmm. A lot of Broadway stuff is just repackaging um, things from like movies or books that are already very, very famous because they're looking for a safe bet to be a return on investment for them, which I think is really unfortunate that that's the case because they're missing out on so many amazing things that have the potential of being such huge st- show-stopping shows that become super successful. Like Cats was a huge risk for example and it's something that is very unconventional and there are a lot of other shows that can be great examples of this but because of the economic state right now they're not willing to take these um risks at all and the reason why this for example was nominated i think if i'm not mistaken it was nominated for 17 let me just double check whoa so oh sorry 12 
12, <laughs> never mind, not 17, 12, uh, 20 awards nomination. It got only one. Um, and the reason for that is the rest of the shows it was nominated against, like some of them were like Mean Girls, a lot of like stuff that was very similar in vain to this, but to a different age demographic. And these weren't very popular. What really swept the award show was the band's visit, which I've watched and I really enjoyed. But um, almost every other show was something like what you were describing for different age groups. And I think that's really such a shame that um, Broadway is not willing to take those risks. And even if they are taking those risks, a lot of the time it doesn't pay off for um, people <clears throat> in terms of awards. Um, or in terms of box office office success, because a lot of uh, Broadway relies on tourists. So I understand in West End, it's a little bit different. The shows in West End, I think, are government subsidized to an extent. And then the rest of it is going to be ticket sale. For Broadway, there is no subsidization from the government at all. So they rely completely on tourism and ticket sale from that. And a lot of people who just come there with kids are going to want to see something they're familiar with, something they can keep up with. So it's really skewed negatively um, against more mm-hmm. versatile adult sophisticated shows I would love to see them too but I really don't think that currently with the current economy in this economy um <laughs> which is a meme um yeah, with the current economy or with the current state of affairs in terms of tourism they're going to take any risks in the near future unfortunately mm-hmm. which, no, that makes sense I, I yeah. think it makes sense from a business perspective you just need to do whatever that you know, will guarantee the money coming in, right? Yeah. It's just as an audience, as a fan of the musical world, that would eliminate so many other opportunities. And that's a shame. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) I would love to see them take more risks, but I feel like the new risks that we'll get to see would either come from smaller places. So like they would come from Chicago, they'd come from Toronto, or they'd come from the West End because Mm -hmm. they're able to experiment there more than we can experiment in Broadway here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. But I'd love to see that change in the future. Broadway get working on that. I feel like that's (laughs) probably the the reason why they're really pushing the K-pop musical, for example, is because they know there'll be a huge fan base coming to see that from True. all the stands on Twitter. True. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing that too. So who am I to, uh, who am I to speak in here? Well, it's at least a little bit different. Right? It is a little bit yeah. different, for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so thank you for the final thoughts. I was really curious to hear them. Should we move into the Wait, next? you don't have any final thoughts to add or that Oh, was it? do you want to hear mine? I feel yeah, like of course. was I clear? Okay. <laughs> I mean, if so, you want to if there's anything you want to add, feel free. Oh, to. I guess I can summarize. I don't know. I feel like I said a lot of the stuff that I wanted to say, but I can summarize it a little bit. Okay. But I think overall this has got to be one of the most creative productions I've seen. It just has absolutely fantastic costuming, character design, set design, choreography, and the cast seems perfectly like sorted to the role um especially the actor who we mentioned before who plays spongebob um does such an amazing job uh with everything that he does like both his voice which changes a few times like when he has to express his assertiveness um towards the ending there and he has like a super deep voice and the rest of it is like a pipsqueak little voice um his ability to contort his body and to become very cartoonish like and his high energy acting i think it's really suited for the role the songs are mainly pretty catchy and work surprisingly well considering they've been written by different artists but there is 
occasionally or even more than occasionally a number or two that sound off or don't fit entirely in. And there is also the issue with the first few songs of Act Two that I mentioned before. But I think overall, considering the kind of um, strategy they went with, uh, they have a lot of good bangers in the in the musical. The plot, uh, that one is the struggle part. Uh, it has some really great beats and educational themes, especially the ones revolving around Sandy and Sp- SpongeBob. And I personally really enjoyed Squidward, but it's also very disjointed and it's very, very predictable plot-wise, which makes sense it's for kids, but you can still make it more complex. Like I've seen complex kids shows before. Um, I would keep it, as I mentioned before, either to just the central plot around, um, you know, the world ending for them, uh, the Lord of the Rings ripoff, essentially, or that plus Squidward in there somehow, just because I really enjoy him. Um, And considering the main plot involves something that is supposed to be a trio saving the town, I would really love to see more development between the characters. Like Sandy and Patrick exchange like two lines, I think, and that's it. And I really miss their sense of group chemistry. And last, I think I mentioned it pretty recently, but I just love to see all the passion everywhere um, that the people behind the scene and within the cast have for the project at just every level of the musical creation. I love that it's not just like a cash grab and people seriously care for the source material and treat it with respect. And yeah, I think it really shows. That was Mm -hmm. really nice and refreshing to see because I don't get it with like some of the Disney ones, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so those were our final thoughts. Should we go into the quiz portion? Let's do it. Let's do that. This is not going to be musical specific, unfortunately. I couldn't find anything musical specific, but it is going to be from the sh- from the TV show. Okay, so we're doing the SpongeBob. SpongeBob <laughs> and Patrick took our which SpongeBob character square pants character are you quiz and and now you can too so essentially the character quiz is from buzzfeed yes uh pick a rockin bikini bottom anthem to sing at your next karaoke night sweet victory the campfire song the fun song the theme song of course ripped pants the best day ever the theme song i would go with that too um Pick the fruit you would most like to call your undersea home. Apple, watermelon, pineapple, banana, dragon fruit, tomato. It's got to be watermelon. Same. I love it. And it's big. Exactly. Exactly my thoughts. Of the following, which random word speaks to you the most? Wombo, imagination, hoopla, weast, chocolate, Texas. Chocolate. Imagination. Which of your fellow bikini bottom dwellers would you most enjoy spending your day off with? Karen, the computer. Okay, now you have a visualization of how she looks like. Um, (laughs) That's how she looks like. (laughs) Yeah, that's how she looks like. Isn't the costuming brilliant for her? I really enjoy it. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, Larry, the lobster, Bubble Buddy, Gary, the snail, Mrs. Puff. I'd prefer, I'd prefer alone time. Thanks. Um, I'm going to choose Bubble Buddy. It has to be Gary for me. Um, pick your favorite instrument to play and or listen to. Clarinet, violin, piano, acoustic guitar, drums, mayonnaise. Which was a joke on the show, if you remember. Oh, the musical. Um, violin. Uh, piano. Pick your favorite item from the following. A Krabby Patty, Patrick's Secret Box, Chocolate, a 10-gallon hat, a possibly stolen balloon, a Craster Crab Pizza is a pizza for you and me. 
the Krabby Patty. Because um, why not? I'm going to go with the Krusty Krab Pizza. And finally, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready for what? Oh no, ready to count me money, <laughs> ready or not, <laughs> ready for the secret formula. Uh, ready to count me money. <laughs> I'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> Obviously, I got Mr. Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> I think the money question definitely um, lead me to here. Definitely. So you're a natural born leader, dedicated to your craft, get it, like craft but with a K, and, <laughs> and a hard worker through and through that's it uh, i got spongebob your positive outlook on life is absolutely infectious and you're a loyal friend to all you meet and that's it nice okay so i think that's the quiz portion final ranking yes all right so i will give it 5.5 out of 10 patties okay i'm gonna give it a 7.5 out of 10 gary's okay sounds good (laughs) yeah sounds good i think that's it from us uh about this episode very succinct episode i'm kind of liking this Mm -hmm. but um this is for everything we're gonna maybe scratch that (laughs) (laughs) um this is it for us for this episode uh if you want to talk to us about spongebob musical if you want to talk to us about anything we talked about in the past or if you want to give us recommendation we would love to hear from you on our social media at Huawei podcast on instagram twitter and reddit be warned i'm never on twitter so really instagram and reddit and if you're not a social media person neither are we you can contact us on email at podcast at gmail.com um as always please if you have it in your heart leave us a review it would help um us a lot because it will help people notice and see the show pop up in their feed so if you can leave us a review it will be very much appreciated um thank you all for listening and bye